Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Got another better than this guys being dudes dudes to the right dudes to the left stuck in the middle with you got another dude heisman trophy bronco nagurski award ultimate dudes got another dude o-line you bunch of dudes a lot of dudes yeah another dude in the house welcome to the lot of dudes podcast presented by fourth and dude season one week seven Virginia Tech did the hokey pokey on Saturday and turned the Eagles secondary around as Coach Fuente's offense was in fuego in the first half. The Turkeys served a side of stuffing to BC's running game, gobbling up the Eagles by a score of 23-10. to BC drops to 2-4 and four on the year, and Coach Daz's seat is getting hotter than giblets in July. <laughs> Matt, I gotta be honest, that was, that was far and away the best one you've had Hold so on, far. Hold on, I'm still going. Oh, you're still going. Keep going. I'm sorry. I didn't Keep going. <laughs> uh, today's episode, we'll break down the game, talk dude or pood, and maybe give Bob, Bobby Petrino a call to see what his price is to buy a W versus Louisville this weekend. Matt, take it away. Yeah, I, I apologize. I really didn't mean to interrupt you there. You're in such a role, but that was, uh, that was by far the best one that you've had so far. Uh, you know, I got to say I needed that. I think after, after last week and, and kind of uh, where we are at this point in the season, uh, my first note on the, on kind of my notes for this episode is that I wish I was dead. So, um, you know, tough, tough, tough uh, Saturday for the for the birds. I think we all thought that there was actually a chance that we were going to break through and show some life this year. But uh, certainly seems like the tide is starting to come in on, on Coach Adazio and specifically this, this season for the birds. Well, speak for yourself. I, I, I sort of feel like the walls are closing in on me a little bit. Um, not that they weren't before. It's getting harder and harder, <laughs> obviously, to defend. Um, Daz as coach, but let's not forget that we're, every team we're playing is one of the best in the country. Um, and we lost by 13, right? And did, did they look good? No, BC never looks good, um, which doesn't help my point again. About keeping <laughs> You're hurting yourself. You're digging. You're but, digging. I mean, you know, we, we kept it relatively close. Um, th- there were a lot of positives to take away um, from the game. And, and I, I think they were in it for, you know, and not, this happens every every week, it seems like, but they were in it for a good portion of the game, uh, at least, you know, the first half. Well, it was it was a tough game, um, but it, it was never out of reach at any point, which I think is an, yeah, is an gonna, improvement. Gonna, it was an improvement on last year. It's an improvement on how we played, you know, the top teams last year. So that's one way to, to kind of look at, you know, the silver lining. But I agree that I'm grasping at straws here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold hold your point there because I, I have a question for you in a minute. But uh, before we get into it, our sponsors this week, uh, sponsored by Bud Light. Always a good time. They have uh, NFL and college-themed beer cans, so uh, get those today. They're kind of a sponsor of, of the episode, and, and uh, you know we're, we're recording this late on a Thursday night, so my Thursday night as well. So we'll jump into the last week game. So my question to you that I that I wanted to you know kind of bring back from your previous point: at any point during that game, let's say outside. Wait, are we on first, iTunes? We are, Matt. Thank you for bringing that up. We are on iTunes. I think we've you can find us by searching "A lot of dudes" on iTunes. Please give us five stars and a review. Uh, we have a few so far, so I appreciate those that have come in. Uh, but I know that we have more listeners than than the reviews we have so far. So you know, any love uh, we can get definitely helps us. Helps the brand. Helps us get more sponsors, better quality, better microphones, whatever it might be. Apologize for the it, audio quality last week. By the way, we had some technical difficulties, but we're back now, hopefully, and and the sound should be should be better. I sounded fine. Um, and and just just there's been some accusations thrown around um, that were uh, Mrs. Mrs. Goodelling the. Uh, the reviews and writing them ourselves. Oh, we sure we are. are. We sure are. I was yep. going to say we're not, but if you're going to come clean, then then that's fine too, Matt. Oh, I thought you said we are. There has been accusations. I didn't say whether they were founded okay. or not, but you, you yeah, just no, those are true. Them. Those we're going to have true. to cut some of this, I think. 
Yeah, those are true. All right, this is sloppy, but whatever. Uh, with that said, let's actually jump into some real talk. So you you were talking about you know how you, how you liked our chances or you thought we had a chance throughout the game on Saturday. So a legitimate question to you, and I think that this has been posed to a lot of Boston College fans, and, and it's kind of the answer is going to be no. Conversation. Ask it anyway. No, I think you're gonna. I think it's actually going to be yes from you. At any point during that game on Saturday, let's say outside of the first what, five minutes when we got them three and out on, the, on their first possession? At any point during that game on Saturday, did you ever think legitimately we had a chance to, to win? And I mean, you know, we were down by, whatever, 14 at the half and 10 in the, in the third or fourth quarter or whatever it was. I mean, it never got that far away points-wise. But with a greater than one score differential, did you at any point think that, hey, we're actually going to figure our stuff out and we're actually going to come back and win this football game? No, but, I mean, that wasn't the first five minutes, Matt. I mean, they played they no, no, played no, I'm saying, I'm saying outside of the first was, five minutes. Until yeah, there was yeah. five minutes to go in, in, the, uh, in, this, in the second quarter when I think McMillan had that, that 30-yard touchdown run to, to push it to, what, 17-3. to three. At that point, yeah, you knew we were in trouble. Um, but, no, up, up until that point, I thought they were very much in it. Um, I'll, I'll get to this later, but I was watching with some Virginia Tech fans, and, and I'll tell you what, they were nervous. They were absolutely nervous. BC, you know, you look at the first few possessions of that game, and and BC looked good. You know, they they got a few first downs on their first drive. They, um, you know, they ended up punting, um, pinning VT back to I think their ten yard line to start out that drive. We got a pick, um, you know, right off the bat on a, a great tip by uh, Zach Allen, which then negated a ridiculous pass interference. Um, you know, flag that, you know, he kind of mauled, forget, forget what happened, but someone mauled uh, the receiver, which left uh, Yidem to, to pick the ball off. Um, so, yeah, so we had the ball at their 25, and then obviously we go three and out and miss a field goal. Yeah, and I'll be clear, by the way, I mean, I, I'm not completely 100% negative about this game. There's some positives that I have that, I, that I'll get to, but I think the, the biggest takeaway here is that you look at our offense at no point do they have they shown me any ability to to score? And obviously, they haven't. I think Adazio's offenses are like ten point six points a game over the last three or four years in the ACC. Something something horrible like that. Hoffs has tweeted it out, but they've at no point shown me, you know, hey, we actually can put up points. So the unfortunate reality with this team is, and, and really it's been a theme over the past three years, is that if you go down by more than seven points, it's kind of over. Like our defense is great, and our defense keeps us in it in terms of a score line. And if Tom Brady comes in on the next possession, yeah, we'll we'll beat most of these teams, or at least have a chance against most of these teams. But the unfortunate reality is that the minute we go down by bigger than seven points, with you know less than three quarters of the game to go, we just don't have the offense to score. Yeah, it's but that's the depressing. Virtue. Again, that's not 100 percent on Adazio, and we're not going to get into Adazio argument here. Uh, you know, a lot of it is is talent, execution, whatever, but. And again, I, I have those I have those notes down here. This is you know, there's some positives, some negatives to take across the board. But, you know, it's just it, it's it's frustrating to watch this team because you just know that, look, at the end of the day, you know, we can we can be happy with our defense. We can happy with the scoreline and we look good on national TV, only down seven points to the top 20 team in the country. But we're never actually going to pull off this win. Well, I think we're saying two different things there. I, I agree with your point that. If a team does go up by, you know, two scores, we're in trouble. We're a running team. Um, I think that's, you know, the virtue of being a running team and, and teams like, uh, I don't know, Wisconsin always comes to mind as, as a team that's sort of a grinded out. Um, you know, they rely on their defense to keep the game close and, you know, they grind it on offense. Um, but but any, any team that relies on their, their run game, you're going to have a tough time coming back. Um, that's true. So when we, when we when we give up those points early on, I think everyone has the same feeling like, yeah, this is, this is going to be an uphill climb. Um, with that said though, I mean, yeah, but I think it's, I think it's more than, I think it's more than just being a running team. It's just like, it's not like we're running the ball and scoring 28 points. We're just not scoring points. You right. know, it's, it's not a style of offense. It's no, just I mean, a, it's, it's, it's never going to be, a, we're never going to win a shootout. We're never going to you know, right. be a better team in a shootout. We win games by holding our point opponents to, you know, 17 points or less. Um, and and when we're playing top top defense, preferably, preferably sub ten, preferably no, sub ten I points by the way, so we can win with ten to yeah, seven. I think that's pushing yeah. it. But I mean, Virginia Tech, to their credit, has a, has a very good defense, and you know we we did very minimal. Uh, you know we had minimal on on both phases of, of you know both the run game and the pass game. Um, we couldn't get much going. So uh, yeah, I, I agree. It was disappointing from that standpoint, and I I agree with with most of what you just said. Um, but I, I I don't think by any by any means that you know, having a tough defense and being and having the ability to run the ball, I think that's a good combination for a lot of programs. And if we were better at both of them, um, you know, we'd be cooking. But uh, when your defense, you know, doesn't step up and your run game is, you know, while it's our strength, it's, you know, sometimes doesn't show up, you know, when we play top defenses. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you're saying, but, um, you know, f- it's not a philosophical problem. It's just an execution problem. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a little bit of everything, but I think I think what I what I do want to get to, and I think what everyone is excited about, you know, at least in the, in the Boston College world, the very small world of fans who actually you know, pay attention at this point, which has unfortunately been dwindling over the last ten years, the, the press conference from Adazio. I can't help myself from laughing when I when I bring this up after the game. You know, this guy is, and obviously you and I fall on different sides of the coin with our perception of him, but his press conference after this game when he got so angry and the line that you know will will be. I think forever ringing the halls in Yawkey way uh, or the Yawkey center rather. It's going to be, be, uh, be beautiful. It, it'll come. I've been playing this game. I've been, I've been in this game a long time at every level. It'll come together and it'll be beautiful. You can, I don't know. I don't have the timeline on it, but you can quote me on that. It'll come together and it'll be beautiful as he storms at the set. You know, again, I think, and I think we've said this about him, you know, so many times, or at least I've said this, you, you feel a little differently, but if he was a good football coach and he was winning games, like, I think he would be unanimously so loved, even though, again, a lot of accounts are that he's like kind of an asshole to people he interacts with. But the problem is when you're not a good football coach and you're coaching your team to two and four years and the year before that, you know, scratching six wins, the year before that, three wins. This stuff just doesn't work that well. It's a really good football guy quote, and I love the passion and I love the belief that he put in his players in that specific, specific quote. Although earlier in the press conference, he threw some guys under the bus, but that's, you know, we don't talk about that right now. It's a, it's a really good quote, uh, but it, it is going to be, you know, put on repeat by every college football blog the minute that he is announced that he's going to get fired. And it's too bad because, you know, it's, it, it shows his passion and I appreciate that, but just an absurd quote at this point, you know, you can't say it'll come together. And it'll be beautiful five years in when you've been preaching this since day one. That's, that's my biggest takeaway from, from that conference. We've there. all been there where someone asks us a question <laughs> and we just don't know what to say. You get too far down a hole in work, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. Even, even when you and I are talking, I just have nothing to respond with. I just say, you know, words. And that's what happened. Um, so don't want to read too much into that. I agree that if you give him enough time, he'll, he'll turn it around. And uh, to your point, this guy is just, he's the best. He's the worst well, at, he's the worst at coaching. He's the worst at coaching, yeah. but he's just the best guy. And I'm going to, I'm probably the only one left on this island here, but I'm going to miss Daz a lot when he's gone. And I'm worried that it's, sure? I'm worried that it's going to be sooner rather than later. So actually real quick, that actually brings up a nice little segue too. Uh, so we have, a friend of ours is a member of a paid Boston College site, which is kind of a weird move in this day and age. I think you can get everything for free on the Internet. Uh, but he's a member of the paid Boston College site, and he says the message boards claim that Daz had a meeting with Jarmod on Sunday. Jarmod informed him that, look, we're not retaining you. Maybe he threw in a caveat of saying unless you win your next you know, five games or whatever it is. Yeah. It, uh, so we're just keeping him on for the rest of the year. I think, like, look, I, I don't disagree that there's a very real possibility that Charmin and Leahy have made up their mind saying like, look, we're going to buy him out. We're going to pay him $12 million, whatever. You are absolutely absurd. If you're going to tell your head football coach who's in charge of your entire program, like, Hey man, the press has been bad on you for five games. You're out of here, but you can still hang around and coach for the next seven games. This guy is still in charge of recruiting for the next seven weeks. This guy is still in charge of coaching your team and how you are perceived in the national media and how you perform in the field for the next seven weeks. What on earth are you doing letting someone hang around your program if you've told him that you're going to get fired? So I don't doubt that Jarmon has made up his mind being like, look, he's out of here. I think that's very plausible. Uh, But I really, really don't agree with the tinfoil hat theory that uh, he told him he's gone. And now Jason Vaughn is pushing all these pro pro Jarmon stories just to get, uh, you know, his name as the as the face. of Yeah, I'm I'm glad that's your take, because I I think that a that I, I think the story's not true. You can't trust a lot of what, what they say on these message boards. I agree that Rivals or whatever it is is a lot better than, you know, some of the other, you know, BS blogs that just say, you know, things that, you know, whatever. A lot of the coverage of BC football is brutal. That's why we're here. But um, what, Nice plug. I like that. Good advertising work for us. I appreciate <laughs> well, it. I was a marketing major. People forget that. It was really good. Yeah. <laughs> I was also an accounting major. just want to set the record straight. I, I do have a, you know, a, a marketable skill. Um, but, of course. Uh, you know, with that said, I, I agree, and, and and I think Marty's been around the block long enough to know that there's no benefit to you know having a lame duck coach, and um, you know there's just no benefit unless you're going to fire midseason, which I and I, 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 this is well documented. I, I disagree with that move. Um, you know, times a billion unless there's someone that you really need to get before everyone else, which I don't think is is really the yeah, case. Yeah, which at this is point. No, but, there's never anyone available, right? right? You, you risk, you know, you, you give recruits more time to. To, to transfer and, and all that, it, not, not just recruits, your current players as well. So um, I, I agree with that. I, I think the story is probably made up. I think it, it probably caught on and, and people are spreading around. Um, my hope is that it's not true because 
I, I, everything you just said. Yeah. I mean, what, what would Daz's motivation be to, to continue recruiting? And um, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. All right. So let's get back to the game and then just real quick here and we can move on. Really quick. Yeah. Cause I got some notes too. Yeah. So let's just run through. All right. I, yeah, last week I, I said that, you know, the secondary really needed to step up. Um, you know, they, they, just a reminder, I think they were like 10th in the country in, in pass defense coming in. Um, not only did they allow the, the 322 passing yards, uh, they, you know, they did have the interception, but, um, you know, they let Joshua Jackson, uh, Virginia Tech's freshman quarterback, do do whatever he wanted in the pat in the throw game. Um, you know, they they did uh, you know bottle him up on on the he's a dual threat. They did uh, they did bottle him up for the most part, so that was good to see. Um, it's it's just so interesting with this team because every week it's like a different team. You don't know which unit is gonna suck. Um, you know, sometimes it's the D line, sometimes it's the linebackers don't show up like against Notre Dame, um, the O line, uh, whatever game that was. Was that Clemson? I, it, this week it was the secondary, and the secondary just, you know, they they, they couldn't defend the, sl- the, you know, very, you know, vanilla slant plays that they were running on. Yeah, us. Lucas Penis. Again, Lucas Your boy. Penis has been – I'm Your, sorry, I'm wait, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Lucas Who's that? Big swinging yeah, there you go. Lucas Big Swinging Dennis, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, was been our, you know, has been our guy. He's been due to the week twice, and then he gave up that – He did. You know, first touchdown, yeah, essentially, he, just a complete missed tackle. He did. He did, absolutely. Um, but they're running all over him. And, uh, yeah, so it's just one of those things that, you know, when everything else is clicking elsewhere, um, you know, it's just one unit that drops the ball and that, and that does fall on the coach to some degree. But what, but what he's saying is one of these, one of these, one of these days, right. One of these games, the investment will, will be worth it. All these units are going to come together and it's going to be beautiful. Yeah. Six years of games will be worth it against Florida state, a bad Florida state team on a Friday night. Maybe that's what he's, what he's alluding to. Uh, I'll start off with some positives as well. Just really quick note. Uh, I, and I, I tweeted this a couple times from uh, the Fourth and Dude Twitter account at Fourth and Dude. Uh, I was actually very pleased with the first half play calling. I think after the Clemson game, my biggest complaint, and I think a lot of folks' biggest complaint was, you know, look, we're playing one of the best teams in the country. We need to be aggressive and try to win. I saw that in the first Absolutely. half. Absolutely. Obviously, obviously, our execution was not there, um, but I really didn't have an issue with any of the way the game was called. I think that clearly we were actually going out and playing to win. Uh, you know, we went for it on a couple fourth downs. We did a little trickery as a, as a, as a fan watching, that's what you want to see. Yeah. We didn't have the talent to pull it off. The execution was not there. Brown missed some guys. Brown, by the way, had a pretty bad game, but that's Brown story stinks, for Matt. I think he's still going to be really good. I think it's just, you know, he, I think anytime you throw a 19 year old into the fire, like they're not going to look great. Yeah, like, I have like a ton Josh, of confidence like in Josh Jackson, there. who yes, he's not a Josh Jackson. He's not a Lamar Jackson. Like, yeah, he's not well, Josh, there. Sorry, I mean, I'm just saying he's a, he's a freshman that was thrown into you know I was going to say tough environment, but no one was at the stadium. But um, yeah. no, but I'm just kind of sick of the freshman excuse at this point. He's he hasn't shown improvement week to week, and I'm just no, I agree. In that. Well, yes and no, but I, I think again, like ultimately, for me, as much as I hated Dazio, that was not on the coaches at all uh, in the first half. And even late game as well, by the way, with the Smith-Robinson touchdown, like, that was trickery. That's the kind of stuff you need to beat a top team. That's what we did when we, you know, played close to Florida State with Tyler Murphy. We did the wide receiver pass. It didn't work out, but, like, that's okay. Sometimes it doesn't work out. That's fine. You have to take shots against a good team. When you play Clemson, like we did two weeks ago, and you just ran the ball up the gut, hope for, you know, a, a good defensive stand and a 30-yard touchdown drive, like, Great, you can get some scores to give it close, you're not going to win. Anyways, that's a positive, and I was actually pleased with that. The negative there is outside of the first half and late in the game, so basically the third quarter and the first uh, early fourth quarter was, quite frankly, a joke to watch. Uh, they did the run-run, pass-punt, like literally a million times, like 103 and outs. Painful to watch as a fan, especially it was pretty close at the time again score-wise. I think we talked about earlier, but I don't think we ever really thought there was a chance for them coming back, but... You were down two scores, you know, at most. I think it was like 10 or 14, you know, at different points in that time. And, and we're just running it conservatively. We had like third and 13, and we're doing an out route for, for five yards. So, uh, you know, overall, a ton of disappointment there as a fan in terms of watching. Yeah, and this, um, this is coaching too, but if you can't complete a, a five-yard out route, which they, they could in a lot of cases, how are you going to complete a 13-yard pass? That, that, that's fine, but why are you going to still try a five-yard out route when you need 14 yards, right? It's relevant if you can complete it or not. You probably have the same amount of chance. Worst case, you get a, you get a you know, goddamn penalty on, the, on a 20-yard throw. So that's, uh, you know, it, it, and it's too bad because I do think that if he coached like he coached in the first half and late in the fourth quarter throughout the game, even if we lost by a touchdown more, I think the perception of Adazio and the perception of kind of where things are going is a lot different than it is right now. Yeah, in reg- they needed a win. Uh, everyone's made up their mind on Daz until he 
Sure. I mean, maybe he knocked off Louisville. I don't think they're – are they ranked this this week or no? Are they no longer ranked? Um, that's a good question. They're not on – so I, my, my kind of barometer, and you're in this too, we, we're, uh, you and I are both in a uh, college pick and pool. They have 20 games on the board this week. Normally it's like every ranked team is on it, but the BC-Louisville game is not really? on it. Really? Wow. So – so, so my, my point here, and, and again, I, so I mentioned, obviously, please, with the, with the play calling and the third quarter stuff. Um, I wanted to just touch on, so it was a late night game. We had had some beers during the day, and then obviously during the watch party, which was unfortunately poorly attended. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, what can you expect the two and three team? You know, I think we're five and oh, it would have been pretty awesome. So I had some, I had some notes that I put down during the game. One of them is that we were playing music in the fourth quarter. The DJ was playing playing music in the fourth quarter to me that was disappointing and normally uh, the, is that Dewey's the person in charge yeah Dewey's yeah that's kind of just like that's the equivalent of like so they threw in the towel like, and yeah, by the way shortening the game clock two almost. touchdown game right <laughs> two touchdown game he was putting on you know and the, and the game was still on tv but he's playing Despacito whatever right like that was disappointing that was saying okay no one here actually thinks we can come back and win my second one and we'll see if anyone you know on our, our our fans can uh interpret this and let me know uh nasty Dufresne persistence pays off that's my note. So, so is I don't nasty, know what that means. Is nasty Andy, Andy Dufresne digging the hole, persistence. But, but, I just connected yeah, but the dots I, there. But. No, well, so that's, that was my first thought as well. But what, why would I be, be talking about that? Because if you run enough times up their throat, maybe you break one, Matt. Maybe you contradict but yourself. But why would I make an that, – I just feel like that doesn't really – no, because I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But I, na- nasty and Andy doesn't seem like a good autocorrect for me. Yeah, so. Matt. This is uh, this is some bad radio here. I wish I could see your it's notes. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Matt, my notes are not good. So, all right. Let's Let me know on. when you're ready for due to the week because I'm, I'm ready to move on. I don't know if we if we recap the game sufficiently, but hopefully people can go to other sources for that. Yeah, you know what? Look, yeah, I, I think I think I think everyone who watched the game saw the recap is like, hey, yeah. we're not that good. Full exclusion. I, I watched the second half underneath the the dinner table on my phone. Um, so <laughs> you shouldn't be getting any news from me it's as far classic. as the actual game. Classic. Yeah. So. Uh, so my due to the week this week is nobody because I really am just disappointed with with where this team stands right now and I don't want to give uh, recognition because I'm just I'm just really disappointed. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I just I just you know I think I think I think nothing I saw this week was an outlier what we've seen so far. Sure, we give Mike Knoll props for being midseason All American. Great job by him, and I'm sorry if that's your due to the week, but. You know, there's at this point just nothing to be positive about this football program. So I'm going to get, I'm taking the due to the week off. Nobody deserves it. It's kind of like when you're, you know, like elementary school, like a couple people have bad behavior, you skip birthdays for that week. Sure. That's kind of how I'm feeling. If you, re- feeling if you right read now. the the lot of dudes bylaws, I think the way it works is if you don't pick a due to the week, it defaults to your co-host's previous oh, week. Oh, you get two. No, it, it, it reverts back to the previous week, your co-host due to the week, which was me. So I am oh, congrats. also your dude. Two in, the, two in a row. Your dude two in a row for yes. you. I'm your dude of the week. So Good job by you. Good job. My dude of the week, I do have – I actually have two people. How's that, Matt? Um, That's, that makes you that makes, that makes feel As right. I mentioned, I was down in Charleston, South Carolina, um, which can't recommend it enough. Hell of a city. Um, so obviously, you know, I was there for the weekend, and uh, Saturday night rolled around. And I was looking for a place to watch the Eagles. And so I did some research and I was looking at, you know, the bars in Charleston and, you know, I, I settled on just kind of a random sports bar that, you know, looked like it was, you know, had access to ESPN too. Um, so I get, I get in the Uber, um, to, to go to, you know, some other bar and my driver says, uh, Hey, where are you headed? And I go, Hey, I'm a big, uh, Boston college guy. Um, I'm just going to go watch the, the BC Vitek game somewhere. And he goes, Oh yeah, I know where they're showing that, and I go, oh yeah, and he goes, yeah, I'll take you there, and he just he goes off the map, and it sounds like taken four by <laughs> no, but he's a good guy. He had the accent. I trust anyone. Is, wait, hang on. Is he is he your dude of the week? Before we get into it, I'll, I'll get to that, Matt. Okay, sorry, I don't know spoilers. Um, and he uh, he takes me to a place called it's right off of King Street. If you've been to Charleston, uh, it's called the Brick, and he didn't tell me this, but me and and the girl that I was with. Um, we walk in there. Whoa. Well, it's, it's, Woo-hoo. no, it's, it's, you know, the usual one. And, um, yeah, we walk in there <laughs> and we're dressed for like, an, we're going out to a steak dinner later. So we're dressed really nice. And, uh, he didn't tell us that it was the official Virginia tech bar. So we walk in and it's just this giant wave of the disgusting, you know, what is it, purple and orange maroon and orange, whatever you call it. Um, you know, this it's absolutely packed, um, hell of an environment. We walked in right as kickoff was happening. 
And um, so it was awesome. So, so dude, one of the week is, is my Uber driver. Um, gave him five stars. I didn't tip him. Apparently, you can tip him on the app now. I'm not going to do that. Oh, I'm out of the yeah, tipping. No, I do not support Lyft, the tipping at all. Which we don't support Lyft. Uber's actually one of our sponsors. We're we're official Uber. Um, yeah, so shout great. out to him. He took us, you know, right in the belly of the beast. But it was a it was a great experience. Um, my second dude of the week is Bo, who I met at the Brick, and Bo was he had a prime seat. He looked like he had been there for several hours. Um, Virginia Tech class of 2013, we hit it off right away. I, I wasn't wearing all my BC gear because, again, I was kind of dressed to the nines. Um, but I, I told him, hey, Bo, full disclosure, you know, we were talking. I was like, hey, Bo, I'm a BC fan. Is that cool? And he goes, yeah, man, whatever. Like, and uh, in his southern accent, like, yo, you're, you're, you're good. You're good, y'all. And, um, and I'll tell you what, Bo and I just really hit it off from Jump Street. And, and I'll tell you one other thing about the brick. Uh, they have this, this drink that's called a rail. Um, which is a drink. It's like a pink drink that Bo, he didn't tell me this till after I drank it, but it has, uh, I think four or five alcoholic beverages in it and it's $5 and it's just this huge pink drink and it's, it's famous in Blacksburg, whatever, you know, their Marianne's equivalent bar in Blacksburg serves these, you know, rails for cheap. And, uh, Hey Matt, Hey Matt, I have a, I have a, I have a quick joke. Sure. You're doing rails. What are you, the offensive line coach for the Miami Dolphins? Okay, pretty good. With a Vegas hooker? Yeah, pretty good. Slow to develop. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Getting yeah, yeah, back yeah. to It's Bo. like the BC offense is slow to develop. Getting back to Bo. I'll tell you what, Bo and all his buddies, um, they were so complimentary of, of BC. Everyone was saying, you know what, you guys play Clemson so tough. And I'll tell you what, I was, I'm worried about you guys. This was at the beginning of the game. I'm worried about you guys coming into this game. And I, I was like, absolutely, absolutely, you guys should be worried. And what happens sometimes with me is when I go to a, a, a southern state, um, I also talk in a southern accent, so I was talking. Oh, southern that's true. Back I know you. I know you which, very well. People forget you're from I, South yeah, Carolina. I spent a few years living in, in, in Columbia. That, yeah. People do forget that. Um, so I revert back to you know seven year old Matt, and uh, you know he was talking southern because he's from the south. I was talking southern because I had a couple cold ones, and uh, we're just going back and forth. Um, and I was saying, absolutely, you guys, we're a lot better than you think we are. And Bo was saying, yeah, man, you guys play clams and tough, and uh, should be a good game. And then, uh, hey, y'all, y'all can read. I, I, I respect Boston <laughs> College. Y'all know how to read. That's important. yeah. I'll tell you what, though, I would love. I mean, it's never going to happen. But if we had that type of turnout um, that they had at that bar, and by the way, Blacksburg's not close to Charleston. It's like six hours by away. The, but they have, okay, they have a strong clear, alumni Matt. base. Um, let's be clear. If we're if we're if we're number sixteen in the country, we will have every bar in all of our cities jam packed for a Saturday football game. Yeah, period. I don't know about that. It's I mean, it's we, not the we same. Will. It's, it's just, not the same. I don't know, but. I agree. You have to win. That's I just think start, I think we're but... so far removed from where we from where you know our games have even been competitive. And obviously, I don't know because I was 17 the last time we were good. But I have to imagine that if we were top 20 team in the country and there was excitement top, around the program, five, we four top and one, five, or five and zero. Oh. Um, no, I disagree. I think I think I, even if you're, scale. if you're scale, but at this point, if you're ranked, right? I think at this point you're ranked. Right, a Saturday night game against Vatek at home. Not only is alumni full. Uh, but all the game watches are full, and, and I'm, I'm not sure. going to right I mean, now. That should be easy, no matter no right. matter what your, right. your record exactly. is. But, exactly. Um, but yeah, that that concludes my dude of the week. So I was a little uh, extended Pretty there, good. but yeah, both, Pretty good. Bo- yeah, both no, you, you covered your bases. Uber driver. Um, don't know his name, but shout out to him, and then uh, Bo as well for just making me feel Southern hospitality. All right, next up, it's everyone's favorite segment, Dude or Pood. And Matt, real quick before we begin, it is currently six to nine. Uh, Nats Cubs. Oh, very nice. As we speak, so okay. uh, topical there. Very nice. Back and forth between that and the uh, the little, Panthers game. Uh, Eagles in the wild, by the way. Shout out Luke Keekley. Um, sure. At six to nine there. So, uh, do you want to do you want to go first with your your dude or poo? Yeah. So I'll go first. So I think this is going to be kind of similar to what you saw in my dude of the week. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit bursting the BC community bubble here. Um, so I have a few. I'm going to start. I have, I have a couple dudes and one pood. So my first dude. Uh, so I was down in Tampa while you were down in Charleston. Uh, I was down in Tampa for the uh, Patriots. Bucks game last Thursday night. So first dude is color rush in person. I got to be honest, seeing those color rush jerseys, you know, at this point after the complainers of the Bucks or the Bills Jets games a few years back where it was green and red and the colorblind people got all upset. The color rush has lost its luster a little bit. Having said that, seeing it in person, the, the all reds and the all whites was really a sight to behold. A ton of Pats fans there saw it, you know, by random, just, you know, a, a couple friends, uh, from, from Boston, which was always nice. Um, another dude I have is meeting famous people. So just a little, you know, humble brag. We sit at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team hotel. 
the day of the game. So we took an elevator with Deshaun Jackson and a couple other people I didn't recognize. We were sitting in the lobby next to Drew Rosenhaus. Was going to ask him if he wanted to represent Fourth and Dude. But I thought it would be a little bit awkward, but I did think, you know, he obviously could take us to the next level. Uh, Should have got his number in hindsight. Obviously, I regret that. So I apologize to you and all of our listeners. But meeting famous people is a big dude. My third and final dude before I go into my pood uh, would be. Dude, hey, Matt, can I cut you up? Yeah. Uh, more like Dude Rosenhaus. More like Dude Rosenhaus. Dude Brosenhaus. Oh, yeah, yeah, he missed me. that. That All was right. on a platter. Yep. Good one. Anyways, my, my, my last dude here uh, would be, it's pretty simple, but, you know, dude is reading a book, going for a walk, uh, you know, walking your dog, just, just talking to your neighbors, whatever it is. So that corresponds to my next pood is literally anything other than sports teams that I care about. Uh, BC sucks, as we've already touched on. The Sox were eliminated in pretty miserable fashion. The Yankees came back from the dead to win in five games, which is like the worst thing ever. As someone who grew up in Central Connecticut and now lives in New York City, I want to kill myself every time the Yankees win a baseball I've game. I never rooted harder for a team that wasn't from Boston than I Yeah, you, you experienced it now, it was right? So yeah, now that you live in the Tri-State, it's horrible. Oh, yeah, I get this guy at work. Horrible. You know Tevin? You know Tevin? It's like from, Tevin. I'm sure it's I like Tevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a Tevin at the office that's across the hall from me, and he keeps saying, hey, Matt, hey, Matt. Uh, really looking forward to the ALCS. Oh, you want to go? You want to see the Sox? And the, oh, it's wait, just like it's pathetic. They, they, these, these, these losers have nothing to live for but wear their gold chains and their unbuttoned jerseys. I despise them so much. I hated them as a kid. I hate them now. So they won. The U.S. men's national team is eliminated two nights ago. Like, in a, literally, if you parlayed uh, the, US lose, uh, the U.S. losing with Honduras and Panama winning, which is the only combination of games that would knock them out of the World Cup, paid off 40 to 1. In hindsight, if I knew that number going in, I would have put, you know, 10 or 20 bucks down, basically being like, hey, I'll pay $20 for the U.S. to stay alive and come out with 800 bucks. Uh, the Patriots are not great. Brady and Gronk are hurt. And the last thing that we need to do is Tom Petty's dead. So we have all of these things going on in a span of like two or three weeks. Uh, so that's my food and my dude is like avoiding all of that by reading a book, going for a walk, whatever, or just killing yourself, whatever to this point. Honestly, just a miserable few weeks. Uh, so nothing positive to take at all. Wow. Yeah, that's how, you're, I, feel. Uh, that's how I feel. Yeah, you're awfully depressing this episode, Matt. Uh, one thing I do want to say, the uh, the USA loss really puts uh, Daz's coaching in, in perspective. <laughs> that was the best um, thing you, ever for your camp. <laughs> when you think about what Bruce Arena just did, to this USA soccer team. Um, so obviously USA is, if, is not going to make the World Cup in 2018. Their next opportunity is five years away, um, effectively killing the careers of all-time greats, uh, Tim Howard, Clint Dempsey, uh, Michael Bradley, um, et cetera. Uh, Pulisic uh, is just not going to play in a World Cup for, for the next Real five quick, years. Michael Bradley is a horrible-looking bald guy. He's actually not a bad-looking guy when he has hair. Uh, but he is a, a just a horrendous, scary-looking bald guy. But keep going. Yeah, you know, Matt, I, I put him – he's a one-even bald sure. by my, sure. by yeah, my yeah, count. Of course. Um, but if you if you put that in perspective, um, you know, you put it in the context of college football, that would be the equivalent of, of Daz, um, you know, getting BC the death penalty for five years. And people are up his ass because he lost to, a, you know, a ranked team. Everyone shut up about that. So um, – that's uh, that leads me to my dude or pood. Um, my pood. I'll start with my pood. Does BC have a quarterback controversy? That's my pood. Um, my dude is Jeff Smith's QBR, and those are those are related. Um, so obviously Jeff Smith uh, was one of the worst quarterbacks of all time for for BC. He had to step into that role in 2015 after D Wade got hurt. Um, just couldn't throw the football. Uh, obviously on on Saturday, BC, uh, as I predicted, kind of threw the kitchen sink at Virginia Tech. Um, it was a little later in the game than I was hoping, and Matt, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but uh, it would have been nice if they if they did that, uh, you know, halfback pass Thank you. a little earlier yes. on in the game. And, and that's what we were saying earlier. I like the first half play calling, and it just died in the third quarter. If they threw that, yeah. if they did that play the first drive of the first, of the third quarter. You know, it could have been a completely different ball game, but whatever. Keep well, going. And the other thing is, like, that's a touchdown play. Right. You know? It's a like, great play. Why, why do it when you're moving the ball you have, as it is? Literally, they were, they were gonna, your best athlete is Jeff Smith. And he's a former quarterback. Like, use him in, in, yeah. in, in, in more leverage situations. And so, yeah. You can't, but, you can't do it every, no, right, you can't of do it every game. Right. But you that game, right. But they were saving it up for this, and they didn't do it until the game was already out of reach. So I was disappointed in that. Um, but does BC have a quarterback controversy? You have Jeff Smith, who has 100% QBR. Um, you know, that's I think that's how college does it. I think it's 100. You can't <laughs> go above really that, good. whatever. I don't know. He's the but one he's, yeah, he's, he was, sure. he's one for one on the year with, with a 
you know, 30 yard touchdown pass. Um, Brown's obviously struggling. Do we go back to Smith? Do we throw Wade in there? Do we put all three of them out there and see what happens? I don't know, Matt. Um, well, one, one you didn't mention there is uh, one, one you didn't mention there is John Fadul. So think about him for a minute, and then we can uh, yeah. we can go from there. I think he's currently being uh, you know repurposed as a linebacker. The way oh, things that's are good. going with that's that good. Unit. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, so I think he's he's a little busy. Um, but yeah, pretty good dude dude or pooed by me there. Kind of uh, you know using using current events. Yeah, and, really relevant. And kind of linking those together. Yeah. So um, my next segment, I don't have anything for it. Eagles in the wild. The only thing I have. Uh, no spoilers, but we have some Eagles in the Wild interviews coming. Uh, that's all I will say. I'll keep it a little cryptic. We have some things in the works. Thanks to our head PR person, we've made some connections. So get excited in the next couple of weeks. We have some exciting stuff coming. Uh, we have a couple old friends. We have a couple of new friends. Um, but it'll be uh, an interesting cast of characters that will be coming in the uh, the next couple of weeks. We'll move on to Duteous Duty, Corpus. Let's do Duteous Corpus. Yeah, oh, so, why don't you, Matt, why don't you introduce this one? Yeah, okay. so, so again, we, we brought this up a couple of times. We, we talked about this a couple of episodes ago. We've got really good feedback on it uh, from a technical perspective. Legally, it's been pretty poor feedback because uh, our terms are just off. But you know, that's not our fault. Well, well I think one thing to account, ke- like that's one thing to take into consideration is we've been, um, you know, introducing this segment for about three weeks. But we haven't actually done it yet. Um, this is the week. Are we going to do it this week? We did we it. We did it the first week. But yeah, we'll do it again now. We're going to do it now. Okay. All right. That's good to know. That's something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll go first, actually, if you don't mind. Please do. Um, yeah. So, Duty's uh, Corpus, for you guys that don't remember. Um, we just kind of take a look around the ACC first and foremost and, and judge whether the, the team is, you know, a contender or pretender type of situation, guilty or not guilty. Um, yeah, the, the legal the, terms don't really make sense, but we'll, we're going to roll with it anyways. So so I'll kick it off with someone that, that really, you know, uh, you know, buttered my muffin the other day, Matt. Uh, they had a post regarding NC State. Um, and it was in the context of why we should fire DAS. NC State has beaten... This is the post. NC State has beaten Florida State and Louisville already this year after losing to South Carolina in the first week. I don't know why they included that in the post because it doesn't go with the rest of their point. Um, that was their whole point of, of – of, th- that was what a five-year plan should really look like. And he's supporting Dave Dorn at NC State versus Daz in year five. Yeah, it does. Um, Dazio is three and one versus NC State. That's kind of a mic drop right there. Um, that, so, so anyway, getting back to the actual guilty, not guilty um, – and NC State's an interesting one. We obviously play them in a couple weeks. Uh, I have them in the middle. I have them maybe maybe we'll settle out of court on, with them because <laughs> good use of terminology like that. They're, they're, they're not as good as as everyone thinks they are, but they're not as bad as I you know was saying you know preseason. So they're somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I disagree with you. I actually think they're a pretty good team this year. I, I think that you know we we've talked about many times how they're always overrated by the ACC press and specifically you know tobacco road press is always like this is the year they're going to break out we laugh at that because every year they've kind of sucked and we've been able to beat them this year i think they're actually legitimate um this year you know, certainly I, they're, I not, they're, they're not they're not challenging for a playoff spot obviously but this is the best NC State team we've seen in a very long time i think Dave Dorn you know, at least this year has them on the right track, uh, and they're dangerous. But, and, I, and I'm very, very, very concerned about the matchup with them this year, if not for, you know, kind of a revenge game more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've had their number historically, as, as I just said, right? Um, I also think you need to be careful when you look at, you know, who they've beat. They, they're two marquee wins, right, are, are Florida State and Louisville. Who We don't know how – we we don't think – I don't – maybe we'll get to them later, but I don't think Florida State's that good a football team this year, frankly. Um, Louisville is – you know, definitely not the Louisville of the last of last year, to be sure. Uh, so those wins are are wins that look really good on paper, but until BC plays them, I'm not ready to to you know you know crown NC State in any which way. That's why yeah. Jerry's still out on them in my okay. That's fair. Yeah. So I think and and this brings me nicely into uh, a little segue here. So and I was going to mention this earlier, but the reason why. Quite frankly, this year sucks for us so much is that we're seeing other similar bottom tier ACC schools on the rise. Uh, specifically, we're seeing obviously a good year at NC State. Wake, 
uh, UVA, who I'm going to talk about in a minute, they're having good years. And, and it's really frustrating to see now we're on what our ninth year of essentially what is a rebuild. Uh, this should be us. Like at a certain point, we should have had that turn up. Yeah, we had the Tyler Murphy year, which was awesome. And I think we'll, some people will ever forget that anytime soon. But you're seeing the other schools that have the same restrictions we have academically, uh, with the exception of NC State. I think you can let like anybody into NC State. But UVA and Wake, I feel like, probably have pretty similar restrictions, um, similar you know, financials in terms of what they can put towards their football program. So it's very frustrating to see the success that they're having and where, you know, falling back in the dust. With that said, Matt, 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 yep. Matt, Matt, Matt. Can we talk about UVA? I know yeah, I've we're been going, on I said with that said, with that said, I'm diving into Virginia and Duke right now. That was the game I was most focused on all weekend. Um, I had Duke as one of my mortal locks the weekend that did not pay off. Uh, and I'm on so good I'm job on, by me. I'm on record saying Duke was my team to win the. Yeah, so I think, so I think I blame you a little I'll, bit because I, I you know, you I'll wear that a little, a little bit, bit. And I was like, okay, well, well, you know, Matt says that that they're that good, so I, you know, have to have to keep betting Duke as, as often as possible. Virginia's not that good. Turns out, I think they're both horrible. Is my takeaway from that game. Um, All right, thank you. Virginia has a nice record, and I'll be honest, I am a little bit concerned going in next week. Uh, we'll be there live in person. We'll talk about that next week, but uh, a little bit concerned about the game. Having said that, watching the Virginia Duke game, I'm just not really as scared as probably the record indicates. Uh, yeah, Duke, I, I just, think, gave them that game completely. Yeah, please. All right, Virginia is four and one, which which looks great, right? If we played this schedule, there's no doubt in my mind we would be five and zero or four and one. Yeah, take it easy. One yeah. Plus, <laughs> that's right? a lot. That's a lot. No, to give, but yeah. but just as just as we've had, you know, one of the hard, the hardest schedule in the country so far. Um, they barely snuck away with a win against William and Mary. They lost to Indiana, who sucks. They only beat Connecticut by twenty, uh, who we beat, you know, last year by thirty. Right, so that's not impressive. Um, they snuck out a win against Boise State. And then last game, yeah, I'll give them credit for uh, their first good win over Duke. So let's absolutely pump the brakes. They play UNC, um, who's also brutal this weekend. But let's at least hold off and see how they do against uh, UNC. Um, but I don't know how much that will tell us, too, because, and as I said, uh, UNC, I think, is 1-4, one 1-5. In f- one in sure. uh, they're, they're all yeah, they're I'm, terrible. So I think- we don't know we don't know who UVA is until – we play that. I think. I think. Like. I think. Quite frankly, the theme in the ACC is that nobody really, exception of Clemson, is is that good. Um, you know, I think Louisville and even NC State. I'm, I'm higher in NC State than you are, but I think, with the exception of a, of a few teams, you know, a lot of teams might have good records. Might Miami look good, might but be good. Miami might Miami be good, might but, be. but also they struggle with the Florida State, who we don't think is that good. But it's also Miami, Florida State. It's a rivalry, so like, who knows, right? Like, there's, and they didn't look that great against Duke. They controlled the game, but they didn't look that great. Um, so I think it's just, you know, and, and this is quite frankly, the bias that the SEC has had for years is that you have every team just playing each other close in front of 70,000 fans. So it's like, okay, well, I assume Arkansas is good because they played Auburn tight, but is Auburn that good, you know, in the year that they played them. So it's, it's a good position to be in, I guess, where kind of everyone's just assuming everybody's good, but I don't know. It's a little bit of a Jacob's ladder sort of thing where, uh, you know, you kind of keep going up and, and then you go back down. Uh, so, you know, I don't really know. Good job of me with the Jacob's Ladder reference, some literary stuff yeah, for you guys. Matt, but yeah, tell you what, not familiar with that particular ladder. Also, MC Escher I could have gone with. He draws those pictures where the stairs go up and they go back down. So just yeah, I, arts I, tell you, I feel like I'm not following any, okay. anything you're saying. Just Google him. So Virginia, in my book, is guilty of being overrated uh, if people are <laughs> overrating them. Sounds like you are. I, I think am that a little bit. Yeah, I am a little bit. Is, is, and their schedule must get tougher. Holy shit. They no, schedule weeks. doesn't. They must have two so, weeks. It does not get tougher. It does not get tougher. No, it really doesn't. I would love to play in the Coastal. Daz could coach forever in the Coastal, and we would absolutely have eight, eight, nine, ten wins every year. And we would lose. I have no and doubt we in my would mind. get murdered by 30 points in every ACC championship game that we make. Like, that's the Man, problem, if we right? Win, if, we win 10 years, if we win 10 games, who cares? The fact of the matter is the Atlantic is you know, absolutely top-heavy. We would contend in the Coastal, and everyone's saying, you know, yeah, you're losing to – doesn't matter if they're ranked, you know, top ten in the country. These are your conference opponents. No, you have to take some of that with a grain of salt. Okay. When, when, when no, but when the, the Sox and the Yanks are 110 win teams, and the Orioles maybe have a good team, but they can't compete. Like that, they don't fire their manager. It's like, yeah, shit. They they have all the pieces. Okay. Um, yes or no. Having, yes or we no. have a really tough schedule. Yes or no. Know? It's a yes or no, simple yes or no question. Would you be happy being in the American Athletic Conference, winning ten games a year? But never making it to a you know New Year's Bowl, and if God forbid you do make it to New Year's Bowl, you lose by forty points to 
like UCF. That's not what I'm saying whatsoever. It is. You're you saying it's that. a conference. No, what I'm saying is, you can do with no, that. what I'm saying is when the you, you're playing in the best conference, in the best division, in the best conference in in football history. Maybe not this year, but last year for sure. This year's you know still you know who, who's to say? Um, but it's not like you have to be in literally the best conference of all time or out of the Power Five. You know, like the Big Ten, for example. There's there's ups and downs, and you can be a middle of the road team and compete. But unless BC is is absolutely firing and all the pieces come together, you're never and probably even still, you're not going to compete with Clemson. You're not going to compete with Florida State when when they're fully healthy. You're not going to compete with um, you know Louisville when they have the, the Heisman Trophy winner. So yeah, so that's where you. This goes I, back to everything yeah. I'm saying is is there's a there's let's not you know set the house on fire because we're half four of our opponents are direct you know, competitors in our, in our division well, yeah. so, are all ranked top 20. So, like, so I see what you're saying. Can be I see what you're saying. My, my problem with it is twofold and I want to get to Louisville here, but my problem with it is twofold. One is that this is now been going on for 10 years with the exception of like a couple of years where we've been treading water, right? Eventually you have to be like, we actually want to win our conference. We want to compete for a conference championship. Number one, um, you know, number two is that you kind of are the company you keep and we are playing in a good conference, but that's no excuse to not be able to, play against any of those teams in the conference. Yeah, we can always beat up on UConn every year. I don't think that's ever up. You know, I think we could play for 100 more years, and you know that will never be up for grabs. Um, but that's that's also an excuse to not show up against Clemson and Florida State. So with that said, I think you are you and I are on a little different pages on, on that, and that's fine. I think, you know, that's an argument we can go on for a long time. We're already running a little bit long here, so let's get to Louisville. The good news about Louisville is that uh, we will probably be able to get to this uh, get through this within 15 seconds. That leads me right into my fun fact about Louisville. Rick Pitino had sex in an olive garden and it lasted 15 seconds. So do you have any fun facts that you want to follow up on with that? Yeah, actually I, I have a couple and yeah. And, and actually, if you read the affidavit, it's, I recommend it. It's very interesting. Really, it's pub- really good. Reading. It's a public really document, good reading. Yep. Um, where, where basically he had to come clean on, on that and the, the amount of time that it took. Speaking of Patino, the Louisville basketball team is credited with inventing the high five in 1978. That's uh, one of my fun facts. I have a couple more. I'll keep going. Hey, hey you um, know how many high fives like, uh, Rick Pitino could get in? Three. Three times five is 15 seconds. Keep going. Uh, keep going. All right. Let's see if you can keep doing yeah, this. Yeah, I'm going to go all day. In 1803, Lewis and Clark met in Louisville. Uh, if only they lasted 12 more years, then I'd have a better joke for that. Um, the <laughs> the Louisville Slugger Museum is home to the world's biggest bat. It's uh, and let me finish this first. Yeah, no, um, I mean I'm ready for it. So go ahead. <laughs> it's 68,000 pounds and 120 feet tall. It's an exact replica of Babe Ruth's 34-inch uh, Louisville Slugger. And, Matt, let me finish this. Um, <laughs> they, also have, this. they also have Babe Ruth's baseball bat uh, in the museum as well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that was that was the joke. I think with that, let's, let's roll into the notable alumni. <laughs> Similar to last week, I, you and I had different opinions on last week. I And you and I have different opinions on this week. I am, again, very down on the alumni. Uh, let me just say that, like, shout-out to BC – I am so jealous. Somewhere in this universe, there is another parallel podcast to us that's doing Nova Alumni plus six man, some other ACC school. I am so jealous of that podcast when they play BC. I looked through our alumni list just for fun the other day. We have like literally, I could, I could fill out like, you know, two uh, NFL football team rosters. So like I could do like a hundred people basically of good alumni for us. Louisville, I have like three that I am like kind of okay with and not even really happy with. And when, make a squad on any other ACC team. So very disappointed yeah, actually, this week. Matt, you like it, but. No, so I said that earlier, but now I'm looking at my list and it's underwhelming. <laughs> I would agree. So uh, we'll see what happens here. But uh, yeah, this is a, this is a tough list. Um, you know, obviously Louisville's not one of the top schools in the country. Um, sort of a stretch. To, Ac- academically, uh, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, really, really strong. Yeah. So I'm not really happy with any of these. I'm going to go with one that I think you might take. Uh, Frank Newhauser. Class of 1925, I believe. He was the first ever Scripps Spelling Bee champion. So, shout out to him. Oh, nice. Um, I have Static Major. Did you have him, Matt? Uh, I was going to put him on. I didn't think he was worth it. So, good job. Yeah, well, you. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what. You didn't read his uh, his bio uh, in detail, obviously. he he. Um, so, Static Major, if you haven't heard of him, shame on you. He's a rapper. He was because he, he died. 
Um, oh, rest in peace to him. Yeah, you know, he died. Yeah, so um, that happens. He uh, he was a rapper. He was a uh, in the rap industry as a, a producer. Which I'm not sure what that means. Uh, songwriter and singer. So he was a triple threat. Um, he collaborated with Pretty Ricky, um, who I think was the soundtrack of, of a lot of our high school uh, kind of slow jams there. And uh, he's most often or, or best known, I would say, for his work on. Lil Wayne's Lolly Song, which, yep, great which song. he which he which he co-wrote, and I'd love to get in the mind of, of someone that could write a song um, that, that that's that um, illustrative, I guess I'll say. Yeah. Uh, in the three hole, Matt, I have uh, Jay Gruden. Okay. He uh, so he's the the Redskins coach, and um, you know, brother of John Gruden. But more importantly, I, and this is this is what I love about this podcast. I learned so much about some of these people. Did you know that he was you know pretty much the, the Tom Brady of the arena football league in the mid nineties. I'll tell you what people don't, Jay, people, Jay don't people don't talk about that at all. So did you know, that? No, I didn't, I didn't know, know that. that. I did not know that. So he has like four championships, a bunch of M- MVPs. Um, he was the first quarterback inducted in the arena hall of fame and then obviously got into coaching. So that, that's a full life. Uh, Jake Gruden in the three hole there. Yeah. So I'm going to go, my next one's a little off the reservation, uh, a little bit of a deep reference to the office. Uh, but Sue Grafton, yeah, she's an author. She went to Louisville. Her reference that I, the only only place on earth I know her for, it's always a very funny episode, uh, when they are doing, I'm not even sure what episode in the office is, but at some point, Michael sends Phyllis uh, to go get Sue Grafton. Oh, it's to appear in their commercial. She's signing books to the Steamtown Mall. Michael sends Phyllis out to get Sue Grafton. She doesn't get her. She comes back in tears. Uh, anyways, funny episode. My number five, again, really grasping at straws here. I will s- go with Diane Sawyer, she's like a big name. Uh, I, I kind of recognize her, but she's not. She's different from Martha Stewart, right? That's a different person. It's a different person. It is a different person. A little confusing. I do get that. Uh, again, I'm I'm overall pretty disappointed. My sixth man is uh, Thomas L. Madden, who was he went to Louisville Med School, and he was uh, get this, he was the team doctor for the Confederate Army back in the uh, in the 1860s. Um, so I, I just spent, uh, as I said, last weekend down in Charleston, went to Fort Sumter. Got it. Really recommend that, so, that boat tour. Okay. It's where the, the Civil War, the, the War of Northern Aggression, it's where that began. Um, but he was essentially like the head, the head doctor. Again, team people doctor forget, people forget for the, you were born in the South, so I see your loyalty He was there. the team doctor for the Confederate Army. Um, that's a big get for, for Louisville and, and their legacy. Um, so overall, I, I don't think it's great, but I don't think it's. I think we were able to find. Matt, this is horrible. In the rough this, there. Is, this was this was the worst by far. I do have a couple honorable mentions. Again, all not great. Uh, Chris Dodd, former CT senator, stick to sports, but shout out to Connecticut. That's where I'm from. Jennifer Lawrence did not go to Louisville, but she's from Louisville, so little credit there. Uh, I had Jager on my list as well. Papa John also didn't go there, but big Louisville guy. And then the last one, Rick Pitino, did not go there. But he coached there, and he also came UMass. down he his leg. UMass, right? Yeah, uh, I don't know if he coached at UMass. I don't know where he went. No, he went. To, he was a player at UMass. He was a point guard. Okay. Well, anyways, um, he also came down his leg in 15 seconds in an Olive Garden, and people are not talking about that enough. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. One thing that actually, and this is serious compared to what Matt just said, um, Louisville obviously joined the ACC, you know, recently. So I don't know them as, as much as I know, you know, players that went to Miami and. Um, you know, UNC and, and schools like that, that, you know, BC has been playing against for a while. Um, you know, that the, you, you know, the big names like Teddy Bridgewater, T- Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Deion Branch, obviously went to Louisville. Um, but there's a whole bunch, whole bunch of, you know, pros or, or current pros or, or recently retired pros that I didn't realize went there. Um, like Elvis Dumerville, uh, Bilal Powell, uh, Harry Douglas, who, who was on my fantasy team, I think for, for 10 years straight. Um, and then William Gay also went there, Matt. So, so, so again, not a great, not a great alumni. Next up, we'll go into travelability. Again, reminder of the scale. It's out of four RVs, residential vehicles. Uh, five RVs. Five RVs. What did I say? Four. Okay, it's out of five this week. It's always out of five. Uh, you want to go first said here? Five. I thought you said I four. Said four. Uh, yeah, I'll go. I'll go first. Um, and I'll, I'll get to this in my, uh, you know, how we match up and, and my predictions. But this game is just going to be a disaster. I, I have just nothing good to say about the game, about the city of Louisville, outside of the, the Louisville slugger fact that I brought up earlier. Um, it's just one of those places that you don't really necessarily need to go. It's not known for being a great tailgate scene. Correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. Is that wrong? Uh, not that I know of. They actually, yeah, no, they, just, do have, they do have a nice olive I'm garden sure they there. Do, they have a nice right? olive garden. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. 
I'm going to keep going to the well there, so just... Yeah, yeah I, I, I got gotcha. you. Sure. I got gotcha. you. It's running dry, man. Yeah. Um, so last so one. I'll tell you who wasn't, though. Yo, yo, yeah. <laughs> he sure wasn't. So, with all that said, you know, obviously we stink, and we're not going to win this game. Um, we will win the next seven or six after that, or five at whatever the math is. Yeah, we're running out. Um, but we're not, this is not a game we're going to win, and we're probably going to get blown out, and uh, Lamar Jackson run all over the field. From a tailgating standpoint, big whoop. It's Louisville. It's hard to get to. It's just nothing really going for it. I will go two or two point five. Nah, I'm gonna go one point seven RV. Wow! Look at us. We're okay. A little spoiler alert. We're pretty close. I, I'll, I'll say, you know, the credit to it. It's a legitimate city in the sense that, like, there's actually probably places to stay and stuff to do. At least I would imagine more so than say Blacksburg, Virginia. They are a good team. It is gonna be a very nice day, but we do suck. Uh, and like you said, it's hard to get to. So I'm going to go 1.8 right at your number. If we were decent, this would be double at 3.6. But we're just, we're just so far away from that. So I guess on that point, we'll get, we'll get a little bit into football. Um, So the big question coming into this game is, can they stop a a mobile quarterback? Not just any mobile quarterback, obviously the reigning Heisman trophy winner. Um, You know, they haven't to this point outside of last week where they did. And Matt, is this right? ESPN says that Josh Jackson um, had 14 carries for negative three yards. Is that that can't be true, right? That's the factor in sack. They're not supposed to factor in sacks. Yeah, that, no. Ru- have, quarterback right? quarterback runs always factor in sacks. Yeah, well, either way, I mean, BC did a five sacks. We didn't mention this earlier, but shout out to Harold Landry. He had three of them. Um, he's finally back, hopefully. But they, BC did a pretty good job bottling up uh, Josh Jackson's ability to run the ball. Um, what he lacked in running the ball, he obviously threw for. Uh, one million yards, but the, the question is, you know, can they bottle up Lamar Jackson the same way they did Josh Jackson? Um, that's the key question coming in. So Louisville obviously is not the Louisville last year. Um, what's their record? What are they? Four and two, three and two. Yeah, that sounds right. Who knows? Uh, they're uh, who cares? <laughs> they're, uh, I don't care anymore. I just really don't. Uh, yeah, they have a couple losses already, and obviously they were in the hunt last year for uh, you know contending for the playoff, but. Uh, with, with that said, they're still putting up a ton of points. Uh, they scored 21 versus Clemson uh, a few weeks ago. But they're also just – it's really a defensive issue. They're giving up a ton of points. Uh, they got blown up by Clemson, as I said. Uh, they allowed 35 points uh, to UNC. The thing is, a lot of these teams are just lighting them up through the air. Uh, for example, UNC had like 400 passing yards in that range. We can't do that. Yep. I don't think. Yeah, you're you're, um, you're stealing so, from my notes here. Yeah, I completely agree. That's like, honestly, their one weakness is a bad secondary, and that is the one thing that we cannot even remotely do on offense. It's like football. it's like incredible. Yeah, like no matter how bad they are, yeah. there's no way they're as bad as we are. Right, right, right. right. So, <laughs> I think that their weaknesses, and and for a normal matchup, you can say, oh well, well you know, they're weak there, so maybe we'll play better there. But I just don't think that's happening. Like they bottled up. Keep saying bottled up, Matt. That's like number six time I've said. Hey, you know, you know, who, you know who's not bottled up? <laughs> was it Rick Pitino, yeah, Matt? It's, it's Rick Pitino, but I'm going. Yeah, he's not bottled they, up. They uh, they held UNC, who I think is a pretty good comparison to us. You know, just not a very good team uh, to like 25 rushing yards. So if they stop the run and we can't score points, they can. Uh, so I. I don't have a good feeling going to this game. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think again, the the, the main thing, the main takeaway I was that we're going to beat them, we're going to beat them in the air, and we can't do that. They have a running quarterback who's going to just run on us all day long. We can't stop the ball. It seems like on defense. The one thing I'll say, this is a little bit irrelevant to the game preview. We've made a lot of Rick Pitino jokes. We have not commented too much on Bobby Petrino and the fact that he had what was it like an equipment manager that he had an affair with on the back of his motorcycle when on he, his motorcycle like got yep. a crash like. How lucky is he that he had Rick Pitino sharing, you know, the the athletic center with him? If this was any other school in the country and Bobby Petrino was the guy there and he was coaching with some stand-up basketball coach, he would be the butt of all jokes in the country. Fortunately, he has a it's sort of, basketball you know, it's sort coach. Of like, yeah, no, it's crazy. It's, it's like Jim Christian thinking his lucky stars right, for guests, right, thinking it up. Right. If, if Jim Christian had Tom O'Brien or Jeff Jagzinski or Chip Kelly or anyone like Norma, he would have lasted like six months here. But because he has a guy who's horrible, he's like, all right, I can get by same thing here. He's like, okay, yeah, like this guy cheated on, I don't know if he's married or not, but he whatever had an affair with his equipment manager's wife, had sex in an olive garden. Like, yeah, I just like, you know, 
had a little girlfriend and actually on a motorcycle, a, like Adidas whatever, it's scandal. no big deal. Right? <laughs> that yeah. too, right? So yeah, so 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 congrats to Petrino for uh, tying this horse to uh, to Rick Petino's school. Good job by him. Having said that, running predictions, I just think this is going to be really ugly, especially on the road. Nice weather, so they're going to run all over us. I have I have forty two to seventeen Louisville. Uh, not good. Another sad Saturday for us at Dewey's. We'll be pretty depressed around probably like what three thirty. Uh, but that's been our life all year, and hopefully it's it's you know at, the, at this point it's just one more Saturday at the end of the year. What was your score? Forty-two to seventeen. Man, we're like electric. We're like it's, it's on fire. Yeah, it's uh, mine's thirty-eight to fourteen. Oh, look at that! It's beautiful. Uh, it, and by the way, BC is going to lose. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's my prediction. I hate doing this. Yeah, I'm glad we're clear. But I just I don't see any way, and I don't think that anyone does. And it sucks because what that that would we'd be two and five at that point. I do think we have a chance to. You know, the win the, the, to win the rest of our games, I think the way the schedule's stacked up is brutal. Um, I mean, this is it's incredible that the, the teams that we played um, to this point, outside of Wake, and, you know, we're 2-1 and one against non-ranked teams. People forget we're that. also 2-1 and one against, um, what, MAC teams, basically, right? <laughs> it's like a, it's what, MAC and MAC plus. And Wake. And Wake. <laughs> so it's like, all right, we're 2-1 and one against MAC and Wake. Okay, good job, but, boss. And with all that said, if any of the players are listening, prove us wrong. Um, this would be a huge win, obviously. Um, and Louisville's beatable. I mean, they stink, but they just don't stink in the ways that we need them to. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens this week. Uh, you know, I think it's always a great day to be a dude. That was our slogan coming in. Um, it's becoming less of a great day to be a dude. Week Not after as good. Week. Not as good. But I'm keeping the faith. Um, Matt, any closing words? No, that's it. Thanks for thanks again for listening. Give us those five star reviews on iTunes. We need all the moral support we can have right now, so that we don't jump off a bridge after we lose again by five hundred points and don't even compete on Saturday. <laughs> With all that said, it's always a great day to be a dude.